I'm Donna. And I'm Carrie. And we are Paranormal Chicks. Episode 257. Okay, before we get started on anything, I need to know, because Carrie has kept this a secret, I know that she went and got her whole body shellacked off. I don't know what shellacked off is, but waxed off. Wax on, wax off. I need to know all the deets. And she's like, I'm going to wait till the podcast. And I'm like, oh, fine. It was only a day, but still. Right. Every four weeks, I get a good bit wax. You know, my undercarriage and my eyebrows. And my girl is chef's kiss. Love her. She's amazing. Literally, I have sent like five coworkers to her. But getting your fucking legs waxed hurts. Whole nother ballgame. So bad. I thought it would. And look, this is TMI, but like my whole undercarriage is gone. That shit taken care of. I'm like, if I can do that, if you can do your upper lip, you can do anything, right? Yeah. Upper lip, that is like Satan's asshole. Like, that is is horrible. Yeah. But the sting of the front of your calves was like nothing I ever... So your shins? Yeah. Wow. (laughs) It's like, what is this riddle? (laughs) Like, have a degree in body parts, they say. (laughs) Body parts. Anatomy? (laughs) I'm not joking. Sometimes she would do like strip, strip, strip. You know, like it was kind of fast. My leg would be jerking. Like it hurts so bad. And you know, sometimes when it's closer to your time of the month, like the waxing is more painful. But see, like your girl got an IUD, so I don't know when's close to my time of the month. So that really could have been part of it. So between the waxing itself hurting. I got my eyebrows, my underarms, my undercarriage, and both of my whole legs waxed. I was in there for a minute. Yeah. And you know how those tables hurt my back. Yeah. So between my legs twitching in pain and my back about to break in half, I was in a bind. Oh my God. Let me feel them. I feel hair. It's not hair. It's just not that. What is that? That's not hair. I don't know. But they're not that smooth. No. She said that some people have like a little like histamine response to it. That's why I took Benadryl last night because I was oh. like, it almost felt like I had been in the sun all day. Ugh. Like I, it, it took it out of me. <laughs> so never again? No, I, I would have to be like, hey, I need a knee surgery. So I'm gonna get my legs waxed. <laughs> like, n- no joke. You know, another place that hurt really bad. I wasn't expecting what? the top of my foot. Really? Oh my God. I felt like the biggest was, I was like, I'm so sorry. Like, cause I, I mean, I wasn't doing anything. Like I wasn't like, ah, you know, I literally made no yeah. sounds. But, like, a couple of, like, ooh. And I've been going to her for, like, two years at least. So, like, we're we're friends, you know? Yeah. I let my leg hair grow out for, like, over four weeks. Yeah. So, there, there are, like, some little sprigs that just really take that long to grow out, I guess. But that shit fucking hurt. <laughs> not worth it. No, definitely not worth it. Colby said, <laughs> when Colby found out how much it cost, he said, I'd have shaved your legs every fucking day for that. <laughs> how much was it? A lot. How much? I didn't know it was going to be that much. I mean, I knew it would probably be a lot because I know how much it is to get my undercarriage and my brows done. Yeah. yeah. And I'm sure she cut me a deal because sometimes I'll be like, can you wax my face? And she doesn't charge me. Yeah. Didn't know it was going to be that much. I was like, oh. And then, of course, you know, you got a tip Uh 20% on top of that. I was like, oh. I mean, she deserved every fucking penny. Yeah. Because she gets her arm workout just move my fucking belly out the way. (laughs) It was... An experience that I wasn't expecting. Now, the underarms sucked bad, but I would do that again. And that's like a like a week and a half grow out. You know, you can get away with that. But the legs, 
Colby was like, don't ever do this again. <laughs> because, like, <laughs> it took so long to grow my hair out. And clearly you can see that there, all of it didn't get long enough for her to even get all of it, yeah. you know? So I was itching and miserable. You know, I'd always be scratching my... Colby's like, please don't do this again. <laughs> Plus, he's got to deal with, like, my legs rubbing up against him at night, you know? Yeah. So there goes all my gambling money on the casino. Right? Like, on the trip. Words are hard tonight for you. I'm struggling, but, you know, at least I'm hairless. <laughs> Besides a few little sprigs. On my chin. No, on your leg. We inspected. But that's not, she did a great job. She did a good job. I'm just saying it ain't worth the pain. No, not even a little. Yeah, and she was telling me about this one client that she got that went somewhere else first and then came to her because the first place screwed it up. And she was saying that girl got her arms and her legs done the very first time. And I was like, for her first time, she got all that waxed. Now, also, let me say, the very first time I ever got my undercarriage waxed, I said that it was the worst pain I'd ever had and um, I would never do it again. And here we are 10 years later and I'm still doing it every four weeks. So I'm probably being dramatic. And if I did it a time or two, I'd be like, oh, that's not that bad. Yeah. But your skin is very sensitive, though. I am super sensitive to stuff like that. Yeah. Like you flinch when I have to pop something on you and Mm -hmm. stuff. Yeah. Give me an ankle sprain. Give me a kidney stone. I'm fine. Like, you know what I mean? Like, but you give me like a little hurt and Mm -hmm. I'm like, it hurts so bad. Yes. You give me a cold and I'm like, I'm dying. But like, I'm actually (laughs) dying with a pick line and I'm going to work. Yes. (laughs) Give me a big crisis. I'm fine. Give me like small peas and I'm anxiety ridden. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, where I work, it's international Mm -hmm. and this guy lives in the netherlands and we were all on like a conference call like video chat or whatever and he had had an issue with his dishwasher and it was after like a big crisis at work too and so i just remembered it because you know i'm nosy too and i want to know like Mm -hmm. did you get that fixed or whatever and he was talking about it and he said that he actually had people coming in town like from out of town staying with them and they were having to do like dishes in the bathtub and so he was like so we played the american barbecue game and me and the other american on the call we were like huh what paper plates oh my god that's (laughs) hilarious (laughs) yes he was like we don't use paper plates but they were at the airport, like, picking those people up. And they were like, let's just get some because yeah. this is going to be, like, ridiculous. They bought paper plates at the airport? at the Or, like, a place by the airport. Oh, okay. I was like, wait, what? Sorry. Wait. And also, why were they having to wash them in the bathtub? Why not the kitchen sink? Because the whole thing was messed up. Uh, okay. The that whole thing. Sense. Yeah. But it was just so funny. American barbecue game. We were <laughs> like, like, what? <laughs> and I was like, you know, I use those, like, on Literally the every day. Yeah, and so I had some spaghetti for lunch, and I sent him a picture, and he was like, see, I was right. (laughs) (laughs) So the weather was really bad today. Well, it was supposed to be really bad, so like schools closed early, yada, yada, yada. So a lot of people canceled at work. So we got a couple of students at work right now, and today we were talking about how differently everybody types. Like one of my coworkers, like she looks like she's typing correctly, but she's only typing with her index fingers. But like her fingers are out like she's doing it correctly. And we were just talking about like how fast everybody types, yada, yada, yada. And I was like, let's do typing tests. Of course. God, we are so competitive. So I just like the very first website that pulls up when you do typing tests. I was like, medium, a minute. These college kids can't type for shit. Why? I wonder. I don't know. I don't know if it's because all of their communication is via phone and like 
we communicated on AOL Instant Messenger and stuff, so we can type so much faster. But, like, I'm talking, um, I, I almost doubled their typing speed. Yeah, but, like, they've grown up on computers, like, having to type for, like, testing and yeah, all this I stuff. Don't, I don't know, but, like, they were in, like, the 30s. What? 30s and some were in the lower 40s. That's wild. I was like, y'all, this is bad. I'm like literally doubling your speed. Yeah. And then I was like, I wonder if we can do these tests on the phone. And they're all like, oh my God, like that would level the playing field, you know? I don't know. You're a fast texter. So I was like, like, we got to figure out if you can do that on the phone because, you know, that's what we'll do tomorrow. (laughs) That's surprising though. I would think that they would be faster, you know, just. No, not even a little. No. I just wanted to be like, how long does it take you to write a fucking paper? Right? So I've stumbled upon TikTok, the stenographers. Love that side of TikTok. Oh my God, had no idea. And I'm like, what? How do you type on that? How does this work? Like, I am mesmerized. I want to learn how to do those keyboards that's like the multi-directional letters. You know, forward is a T to the left is an E, you know, like that. I want to learn how to do those. They say that once you get it, it's way faster. Well, I would imagine. Well, and because it's like a little predictive text too. Yeah. It reminded me of when I used to make you play piano tiles all the time. And I'd be like, how do you do that? Sometimes those piano tiles be going so fast. I'm like, I don't even know how my fingers are moving at this speed. But you couldn't really talk about it because then we'd fuck you up. Yes. So it was just like, (gasps) yeah, we're, we're dorks. (laughs) Same, but like you watch me type and I'm gonna fuck up too. Mm, Like, you know, or if I know you're listening. Yeah, I'm a loud typer. My friend Kim at work always says that like, I sound angry when I'm typing. (laughs) Yeah. But now I have that keyboard that like clicks a lot. Yeah. I love the feedback. Me too. I'm like, oh. When I go to our other clinic, I always sit at this one desk because their keyboard is like that. Yeah. Now, my old boss, he would always type when he was on the speakerphone with me. Mm-hmm. And I swear to God, it sounded like he was typing with his toes, his hand. I'm like, <laughs> good God. Like, it was like he was beating that keyboard. Yeah. And it was just like, thank you. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, <laughs> you just sent me a message and it had like one thing and it sounded like a herd of buffalo. <laughs> Well, we're coming in like a herd of buffalo to some people's uh, podcast apps. Okay, well, that was terrible. And by that, I mean Patreoners. (laughs) That was really bad. But here we are. Thank you so much, Heather S. from Kentucky. Jenna G. from Texas. Well, I got Victoria M. from Texas. Morgan C. from Pennsylvania. Catherine B. from North Carolina. And Mariah H. from New Jersey. Thank y'all so much for joining Patreon. If you want an episode shout out and all the extra episodes that they're getting a month, head on over to patreon.com slash the APC podcast. Well, before we get into my story, because it is a good one, we got to talk about Crimeaholics. This podcast is hosted by Holly and Kinsey. Started in 2020, you know, the year of the pandemic. But they started in February, you know, before the shit hit the fan. True. And Holly and Kinsey take turns each week to bring you two episodes a week and only one host per episode. Unlike us, because it's only single host episodes, there's no banter or chit chat. They get straight to the story. And the episodes are like 15 to 45 minutes. The episodes are also scripted, which makes it a great podcast to listen to on your morning commute or a quick trip to the store. They're most known for their coverage of The Missing with their weekly Monday episodes called Missing Mondays. They've worked with and interviewed private investigators, law enforcement, survivors of abuse, a Columbine shooting survivor, Jody Arias, defense attorney, and many more. Okay, I must have missed that episode because I need to go back to listen to that one. For sure. And you can find them on Instagram and TikToks at crimeaholics.pod. 
Did you just say TikToks? I mean, you know, I'm old. <laughs> Maybe they're not on the book of faces. Oh, Lord. I mean, you know, just got to show mage. Chromaholics has been featured in Women's Magazine in South Dakota, where they were praised for the exclusive month-long coverage of missing and murdered Indigenous women movement. One of the best parts of all, Chromaholics covers lesser-known cases that often get forgotten, especially during the Missing Mondays, when the case info is sometimes limited. So after you listen to this episode, go over, check out Crimeaholics. You're really going to feel their passion for victim advocacy come through. Don't forget to check them out on Instagram and the TikToks, Crimeaholics.podcast. And you know, let them know we sent you. And another thing, did you know that the best tasting honey on the planet comes from New Zealand? Yes, I did. Because you've tasted it. I have. And it's freaking amazing. With its caramel goodness. What are we talking about? Uh, have you not heard us scream this from the rooftops? Manukora honey. Like legit, in the remote forest of this small island, bees feed on the nectar of the Manuka tea tree. And this makes a super honey that's unlike anything you've ever seen or tasted. It's got unique antioxidants and prebiotics. And, you know, that natural antibacterial compound called MGO, and it is so freaking amazing. Can I say that one more time? But the thing is, is that all that goodness she just told you about only comes from the nectar of this tea tree. Menicoria has nutrients that supports your immune system and digestive health. And I got these protein pancakes I was trying out, and I was like, don't have any syrup for them. Tried the honey on there, and it was Manukora perfection. So every batch that you get is traceable, like a hundred percent. Picture you're a private eye and you were like, tell me the beekeeper who made this honey or, you know, got it. They didn't make it. The bees did. (laughs) It comes with a unique QR code on every jar. And with that, you can literally verify the potency, the purity, and even, like I said, learn about the specific beekeeper that harvested your honey. And you know I am nosy. Also, I want to know if they're single. You ain't moving that far from me. You're not wrong. But here's the thing. Menacora is so good, you literally could just eat it from a spoon. I love the caramel texture of it because it's truly like no honey you've ever tasted before. Right. It's really decadent. Mm -hmm. And I feel like a little bit goes a long way Mm -hmm. because it's so rich and just good. Like Donna said, put it on pancakes in your coffee, in your tea, on ice cream. The options are limitless. But I love caramel. So the Manicora honey having that texture and that flavor, but it doesn't taste like caramel, but it tastes like caramel, but it doesn't taste like caramel. Tastes like honey caramel. I don't know. It's, I can't even explain it. It's so good. It really is amazing. And the best thing, it's amazing for you. So you don't have to feel guilty when you're eating it by the spoonfuls. Menacora's honey is available in squeeze bottles, jars, and even compostable honey sticks. Speaking of the honey sticks, tell them what they get with their order. If you go to menacora.com slash creep or use the promo code creep at checkout, you'll automatically get a free pack of honey sticks with your order. That's a $15 value. So go to M-A-N-U-K-O-R-A dot com slash creep or use the code creep to get a free pack of those honey sticks with your order. I'm telling you, you've never tasted or seen honey like this before. So get those fingers, click it, go to manicora.com slash creep or use the promo code creep at checkout so you can get that $15 value of the free honey sticks. Is that your new nickname for Colby? He has a honey stick. (laughs) It doesn't taste like this. Let me tell you, it's amazing. I mean, you could put some on it though. 
Okay, so if you don't like my story this week, guess who you get to blame? Not me. Creep Mom. This was all her idea. Okay, so I found this one article written by Tammy Swift. And in my head, I kept going, is that Taylor Swift's mom? Like, I don't know why. I kept, like, trying to, like, make this Taylor Swift joke work that was like, Carrie, stop. Yeah. Lame. Stop. But, oh, Tammy Tam, she did a good job. She had this really great two-part article. That's where I got a good bit of this information. But there's so many websites and YouTube videos and all the things for this. All right, picture it. We're going to Minnesota, 1867. Way back then. Linda Laura Burfield was born. Linda was oldest of seven kids, and it's said that she was actually her dad's favorite. He was a former corporal in the Minnesota Infantry during the Civil War. Whoa. Yeah, just to like tell you, just to put in perspective, like when she was born yeah. and all that, like her dad was in the Civil freaking War. <laughs> right. So it's said that she was kind of a weird kid. She wouldn't really play with her peers. She more kind of liked to hang out to herself. And she seemed to be a little bit of a cocky buzzard. A cocky buzzard? Look, I don't know where that came from. (laughs) Words are hard. (laughs) I've never heard Because nobody on the history of the planet has said that weirdness. Weird kid. Kind of a cocky buzzard. (laughs) (laughs) So you're talking about yourself. (laughs) What? How, why did I even say that? I don't know. <laughs> We're going to call her a bitch? No. Oh, and then you're like, oh, she had kids. So like, <laughs> from you buzzard? Si- <laughs> from 1867. Like, I don't think it's going to hurt her feelings. <laughs> so as a kid, she was a little particular about her food. Basically, she was a vegetarian, which was pretty opposite when you think of a Midwestern diet. They're more mean potatoes type people, right? Right. It's also late 1800s. Like, mm-hmm. that's unusual for a child. So, apparently, one day, the dad was like, you know what? It's time for these kids to see a doctor. Don't really know why. What? They weren't sick. But he was like, okay, it's time to see a doctor. Okay. This doctor was like, all of your kids have, like, this deadly parasite in their stomachs. He gave them all this blue pill, basically. And this pill made them sick, like diarrhea, vomiting, all the things. And then they would, like, give more medicine to fix the ailments that that medicine was causing. What the hell? This is kind of where Linda developed her interest in alternative medicines. Because she's like, you're giving these medicines to me because you say I have this, like, potentially deadly parasite in my stomach. And yet these medicines are making me so sick. So she kind of started turning to more holistic approaches. When she was 18, she married Erwin Perry. They lived in Minnesota and had two kids. But it wasn't long after that that Linda was like, yeah, this isn't for me. I'm not really into like the being the married and kids type. I never really saw what happened to Erwin Perry in that article that I was telling you that was written by Taylor Swift's cousin. Um, It did say that he abandoned her. She said he abandoned her. But like, I I guess he died. What? I'm not really sure. Like, because she ends up marrying again, but like it never said they got divorced. He died. I I don't, I don't know what happened there. Yeah. But what she ended up doing was basically just shipping her kids off because she didn't want to do that. But also other stuff was like, yeah, she abandoned her husband and kids. What? So it's like late 1800s. Who fucking knows? Right. In 1898, Linda found this book called The Gospel of Health. This was written by a doctor that basically said that you could cure anything with how you eat. Like the OG 
paleo diet. Basically, you needed to fast to like reset your body kind of thing. So Linda was like, I could do this. I can be like a holistic osteopath that brings this like fasting to people. So Linda started her practice as what she called herself as a physician. She had a patient named Gertrude Young. Now, Gertrude had had a stroke and was paralyzed on her right side. She had difficulties with stuff like getting dressed, getting up, you know, all the things that someone with a paralyzed side would have difficulty with. So Gertrude went to see Linda for her care because, you know, this fasting can cure anything, right? So for over three weeks, Gertrude was in essentially the care of Linda. So she was allowed to have like broth and that kind of thing, but essentially she was fasting. And the fast was supposed to last 40 days. 40 days? And Gertrude was getting pretty sick. And so people were trying to convince her to break this fast because like she was getting really ill and people were like, you have to eat, like you have to break it. And she was like, no, I'm not going to break. And on the 39th day, Gertrude Young died. (gasps) Oh, shit. Linda said that her cause of death was paralysis. So people were like, oh, this is fucked up. Like, let's do an investigation, yada, Mm -hmm. yada, yada. Because, I mean, she was essentially starved to death. But basically, they said that because Linda wasn't actually a physician and Gertrude was there willingly and she chose this, there was nothing that they could do to Linda for Gertrude dying. The thing is, is that some of Gertrude's jewelry and those types of things were missing. And when her family was like, uh, Linda, where her shit? Linda was like, she must have given it to uh, that nurse who like wasn't a real nurse and they never found her. And of course, Linda also said like, no, Gertrude got better. She could use her arm because of this fasting. Then she died of the paralysis. But like she could use her arm. I cured her with the fasting. And then she basically was like, yeah, but you know what? She didn't follow my regimen to a T. That's why she died. But she didn't follow it to a T and she was cured. But like temporarily probably. Uh You know what I mean? Oh my God. She would have followed it to a T. She wouldn't have died. And she'd have been able to live without the paralysis. Wow. So after all this happened, Linda meets a guy named Samuel Hazard. And she's like, oh, okay, he's cute. He was in the army. He went to West Point because she was kind of wanting to climb that social ladder a little bit. And, you know, that was something that wasn't there in the first marriage. Basically, she spent all his money trying to climb that ladder and he ended up being broke. So she was like, this is the guy. Yeah. Also could remind her of her dad a little bit. Maybe. But here's the problem. While Samuel may have looked good, he was no good because he was not this great military man. In fact, he had been dishonorably discharged from the army. He had been misappropriating funds. He would leave when he wasn't supposed to. He would lie, like lie about stuff like, oh, my aunt's sick, gotta go home, you know, and leave when he wasn't supposed to. He had unpaid bills and, you know, just broke like every code of conduct with the army. But the two of them made it work and they decided to get married. But as they were getting married, Linda finds out that, ooh, so Samuel's actually been married before, and oh, by the by, he never actually got divorced from Viva Fitzpatrick. So when they went to go get married, Samuel got arrested for bigamy. Oh, shit. Right. He was actually sentenced to 
time in prison for it. This was in 1904. So while he was in prison, his wife, Viva, would like try talking to the warden to be like, how can I make this time for him easier? She bought him a damn gold tooth. Meanwhile, the whole time, Linda is like scooching in on it. Why would Viva not understand why he was in prison? He was trying to marry someone else. I think she was trying to get him back. Like, I think she was. Yeah, I think that was what she was doing. Well, when he got out of prison, he did not go back to Viva. He went with Linda. Gold tooth and all. Right. So eventually, in 1907, they move to Washington State. This is why they moved there. Because, like I said, Linda had run into some issues with the law, with people... You know, you had Gertrude and all die, and she wanted to be a doctor, but, like, she was running into some problems, right? But, like, she didn't go to medical school. But she found a loophole in Washington State where she could be grandfathered in as a doctor, even though that she hadn't been to medical school because she practiced alternative medicine. So, she then became Dr. Linda Hazard. Hazard for real. I was like, could you imagine going to a doctor named Hazard? That, no. I mean, not that they are their name, but I mean, in this case, I mean, spoiler alert, they are their name. <laughs> so, old Dr. Hazard, gross, her idea was that she wanted to basically build like this wellness center for wealthy people to come and be cured with fasting. Mm-hmm. She wanted to be a guru. Mm-hmm. So, while she's building this sanatorium, girl is advertising. I mean, like, even, like, across the pond, fucking advertising for this sanatorium. And two sisters named Dorothea, who went by Dora, and Claire Williamson saw the article. And they were like, that's a cult? Sign me up. Right. So, Dora was, like, 37, and Claire was, I think, 34, 33, they weren't married. Their parents had died when they were young. They were basically raised by a governess. Like, they were incredibly close and very wealthy. So they were able to just live this life, carefree, traveling, all the things. Because, like I said, they weren't married. They didn't have kids. They were very ahead of their time. But they were kind of hypochondriacs. So, like, picture me and you. <laughs> but, like, we have actual ailments. They have made-up ailments. You know, you're rich when you don't have any problems, so you make your own up. Well, and here's the thing. Okay, so they said that Dora had swollen glands and rheumatic pains. So, girl could have had actual lupus. Right, you know? yeah. And then um, Claire allegedly had a dropped uterus. Now, how in the fuck did they know that with no damn scans? Yeah. With, I mean, I guess they could have probably maybe stuck a hand up in there, but you get the point. They were in British Columbia, not across the pond. So the British thing really threw me off. Oh, my God. This is Paula and Gertrude all over again. (laughs) Damn. Because I was like, how are they across the pond? I thought they were in Canada. How did they see it? And I was like, British Columbia, Carrie. Oh, my God. Sometimes my brain. Sometimes my brain. Mm -hmm. So Linda was trying to open this place to be called Hazards Institute of Natural Therapeutics in Olala, Washington right outside of Seattle. So now the sisters had reached out to Linda and she was like, oh my God, I have this book. Let me send it to you because she actually, Linda herself had written this book. So she was like, hey, you know, I'm still working on things here. Here's my book. You can come on down though and stay at like these apartment type things like while they finished work on the sanitarium. I feel like this is going to be fire Festival or some shit. So when the girls get to Seattle, rent their apartment, 
they start following Linda's regimen. But see, this is how Linda keeps her hands clean. She just tells them what to do and they do it. It's not like, like when the sisters were doing this regimen, they had to eat like vegetable broth, that kind of thing. But like they made it themselves. She didn't like bring it to them. You know, they were still technically in control and could do other things if they wanted to. Mm -hmm. But they wanted to follow this regimen so that they were healed. So basically the sisters would have one cup of vegetable broth every day. That's it? Sometimes they were allowed to have a couple little sips of orange juice. But yeah, vegetable broth, period. And orange juice. No idea. But it didn't just stop with the fasting, though. So they would also get massages. But, like, these massages weren't, do, 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 you know, what would you think of when you think of, let me go to a medi spa and get a massage. Yeah. No, these were beatings. What? Linda would literally beat them, hit them in their head and all of that, and it was supposed to help purify them. That's not lymphatic drainage, Linda. <laughs> no, it's not. What the hell? Then they would also get enemas. But here's the thing. First of all, they're getting fucking broth. What right. is there to enemize? That ain't <laughs> word, but you get the point. But second of all, it wasn't just a, here, let me shoot an enema up your butt. Like, it was literally hours and hours that they would be getting these enemas. What? That's not healthy anyway. Ma'am, they are trying to fast away unknown illnesses. They think that they can literally stop a toothache by fasting. Oh, my God. Only one thing goes up my ass, and it's not an enema. Well, it's more than one thing. You know it is. <laughs> yeah, true. And, I mean, you got to do what you got to do when you need to. Oh, yeah. Now, I'm not not for enemas. I'm just saying I don't want to be like, yeah, sign me up for the hour-long enema class. Thanks. No, no, no. Like eight hours. Oh, what? Yeah, I don't get it either. I don't know if it was like a colonics type thing that it was like eight hours if they were just steadily running. I don't understand how this happened. Do you remember when colonics were like huge? huge. Let me just lay here while you suck my shit out. Like, that's so gross. Again, you got to do what you got to do when you're in a bind. Meanwhile, I'm still stuck on the fact that I just read British all the time and just assumed that was a place. Oh like, why would it be written British? I don't know. Not, like, I just skipped the second part of that word <laughs> every single time I read anything about this. And then, like, I'm mid-recording, and I'm like, motherfuck, that says British Columbia. <laughs> why am I the worst? It's, it's my ADHD. Like, I just, I'm like, you know, like a typewriter, like, trying to read it fat. You know, God, I suck. Anyway, the girls were getting thin. And I mean, like, gaunt. Like, they were not well. Yeah. They were kind of getting, like, confused because... There's no sustenance. They're literally starving to death. Yeah. And so, Linda was really good at, hey, basically brainwashing them once they get to the point where, you know, hallucinating a little bit and uh -huh. confused and all of that because, again, they're fucking starving to death. Yeah. They're so vulnerable at that point. Right. So at one point, Claire had actually sent a telegram to her childhood governess. Her name was Margaret Conway. She said, come on this ship on May 8th, first class Claire. Margaret was like, what? Does Claire mean Claire's coming there? Or does Claire mean she wants Margaret to come to Claire, you know? Yeah, I read that she wanted Margaret to come to Claire. Right, which is what she meant. Because Margaret started looking, and the only thing that that ship was doing on May 8th was going to Claire. 
So when she gets there, Samuel Hazard is who basically picks her up and takes her to Alala. And when she gets there, the Hazards tell her Claire is dead. What? And Dora has gone insane. Now, Margaret is like, wait, what? They take Margaret to see Claire's body and she is like, I don't even know who that is. Like, that doesn't even look like her. It doesn't look like her face. It doesn't look anything like her. Like, this can't be her. Later, we find out that, yeah, it wasn't her. What? What they did was they bribed the funeral home. Because, see, this was like embalming was kind of becoming a thing. Uh But, like, most people still didn't do it. So, they were like, it's because she's embalmed. Like, that's why it doesn't look like her. Oh, my gosh. But what they did was they had the funeral home switch the bodies out with somebody else. So, that basically, Margaret wouldn't know how sick Claire was. Yeah. It was somebody who looked healthier, wasn't as gone and then and which yes exactly starved to death and then they basically got her to sign a consent to cremation so whoa yeah but here's the thing so because linda was a doctor air quotes linda was able to perform the autopsy oh my gosh so she could make it say whatever the fuck she wanted to yeah so claire was air quotes sick because she had taken some medicine when she was a kid That was part of her, like, hypochondriac ailment was that she had taken this medicine when she was a kid. So, Linda said that she didn't die because it had been 80 days since she had eaten. Oh, my God. Sans, like, vegetable broth. Yeah, that's not eating. She was like, she died because she took that medicine when she was a kid. It shrank her organs and gave her cirrhosis. Oh, my gosh. 80 days like that? Can you fucking imagine? So here's the thing. Margaret gets there and is like, where's Dora? Like, show me Dora. Dora is basically being kept in this room because she's gone insane. AKA she's being starved to death. She is out of her mind because she has no nutrients to keep her nourished, her mind healthy. Dora is down to 50 pounds. Holy shit. She could not even sit for any length of time because it hurt her so badly because she was nothing but skin and bones. Oh my gosh. Margaret begged Dora to leave. And even after knowing that Claire died, Dora was like, no, I'm not going to leave. Like, she's curing me. Yeah. Golly. So, Margaret Conway basically stayed to be a servant for Dora to try to sneak her food, to try to get her healthier so she could leave. But the thing was, is that Samuel and Linda had a copy of a will from Claire that basically gave them everything. Of course. And when they signed their documentation to join the fasting movement, basically they signed stuff to be like, yeah, they get all my stuff. What? Wow. Right. So Samuel was kind of the seemed like he just from kind of what I read was he was kind of the the brains behind the scheming yeah. to get their jewels that you know here let me lock these jewels up from you because you're clearly getting confused I don't want you to lose them let right. me lock them in my safe that I only know the code for you know that kind of thing and then also to try to get their money when they died wow I did hear on one YouTube video I watched from Airyberry True Crime. They said on that that they ended up figuring out, like through handwriting analysis, that Claire didn't write that will. Imagine that. But back to Dora. So Margaret is staying with her to try to like get her some food, sneak her some food. And one day the hazards left. They were going somewhere. So Margaret hightailed it to send a stop whatever those I think it just did two different things in one but yeah 
what whatever to Dora's uncle John because remember their parents had passed away when they were young and I think he was basically their only living relative but he lived close he was in Portland Oregon because remember they're right outside of Seattle so she's like bitch you better come like come help me get Dora because she's essentially signed over power of attorney to Samuel and Linda like I got nothing like come help yeah swipe or no swipey what they figured out was that they had taken over $6,000 worth of diamonds and gems and like dresses and stuff like that from the sisters. And I'm thinking that they're talking about early 1900s yeah. money amount I'm talking about. So God only knows. So when the uncle came to get Dora, he had to negotiate with the hazards to get Dora. Because remember, they had the power of attorney over yeah. her. Yeah. And they're like, okay, okay, you can have her. But you know what? She owes us $2,000. Oh, my gosh. And he's like, 2000 They end up negotiating down to $1,000. And Dora gets to leave. Dora survives. But, like, when she leaves, there's this, like, iconic picture of her of how are more people not outraged? <gasps> Holy shit! She was 50 pounds she looks like a skeleton with a wig and that's what everybody said because here's the thing even though all of this happened linda still opened this sanitarium she called it wilderness heights the sanitarium and it was later dubbed starvation heights so there was a patient named earl edward erdman in march of 1910 he also died and he kept a diary of like what he ate and all of that you didn't do this, but have you ever noticed that when a guy keeps like a diary, it's a journal, but when a girl does it, it's a diary? Yes. So a lot of the days he would have an orange for breakfast and mashed soup for lunch and dinner, which he called lunch, dinner, and dinner, supper, but yeah, depends on where you're from. They love these oranges. Then on some days he would get two oranges for breakfast and then nothing the rest of the day. Uh-uh. And then like strained tomato broth. On one day, he wrote that he got one cup of hot strained tomato soup in the a.m. and p.m. And then he said, head quite dizzy, eyes yellow streaked and red. God bless it. Another day, he says like that he was dizzy all day. And I'm like, yeah, I fucking imagine that you did feel that way. How I get like that like at two o'clock when my lunch is gone and I'm ready for supper. And here's the thing, too, is that I really feel like through her massages those beatings, that that is how she gained control over these people because they're there voluntarily for this, but then don't leave. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, at what point does she gain this control over them to where they're signing away their lives, literally, physically and financially to her? In total, fake Dr. Linda Hazard killed 14 people. 14. And the people who lived near would say, like, people would, like, escape, come to their houses and try to get food. And, like, when people would be scared of them when they would see them out and about because they were literally what you said. They looked like skeletons and it was, it would scare people. Yeah, that didn't look natural. Because she was 50 pounds. But even though those 14 people died, Claire's family was not done trying to put a stop to the work of Linda. But before we get into the legal stuff, we got to tell you all about real, 
y'all know that real, real good toilet paper that Donna really, really, really loves. I mean, don't get me wrong. I really love it too. But Donna is obsessed. Every time someone comes over, I'm like, uh, did you love that toilet paper in the bathroom? <laughs> and they literally always say, yes. What I love the most about real toilet paper, other than the fact that it is really good toilet paper, is that this toilet paper is made out of bamboo. So it's different because trees are not being cut down to make this toilet paper. They are making it out of bamboo. And bamboo grows really fast. And when they harvest the bamboo, it's literally like cutting your grass. Your grass, you cut it, there's still some there, and it grows. You cut it, it grows. You cut it, it grows. And it's not like cutting down a tree. So it's very sustainable, which I just, I don't know. I thought that was so fascinating when it was put in that analogy of it being like cutting grass. And I was like, man, this is something I can get behind. Like this is something that, for lack of a better word, is so sustainable. And you've heard like bamboo sheets and stuff. You know that's soft. This bamboo toilet paper, super soft, but it gets a job done, if you know what I mean. It's not like too soft or anything. It's just right. I'm like Goldilocks with this toilet paper. No, it really is. It's like the perfect combination of soft, but like it's not going to crumble in your hands yeah. and leave little presents. I mean, <laughs> like little Hansel and Gretel trails. Carrie can be eco-conscious, but let me tell you my favorite thing besides how amazing real feels on my butt. It gets shipped to my house in a box and they're individually wrapped. And so I can put them up. They look so cute. You remember me telling you that one of the last times Colby's parents came over, his mom thought I had wrapped them. (laughs) I was like, no, they came like that. But thank you for noticing. (laughs) Also, I have it on an auto ship. So I don't have to worry about, oh my God, I have to go to the store right now because I'm running out of toilet paper. And also going to the store for toilet paper, not my favorite thing. Going to the store for anything is not your favorite thing. But you are really weird about buying toilet paper. I I don't understand it. I am. That's why real is the real deal for me. I am not lying. I love this toilet paper. Like Donna said, real paper is available in easy, hassle-free subscriptions or for a one-time purchase on the website. And, you know, Donna's favorite part... All orders are delivered to your door with free shipping in 100% recyclable, plastic-free packing. Head to realpaper.com slash creep and sign up for a subscription using the code creep at checkout and you will automatically get 30% off your first order and free shipping. That's realpaper, R-E-E-L-P-A-P-E-R dot com slash creep and enter code creep to get 30% off your first order plus free shipping. So don't miss out on this real good toilet paper. Realpaper.com slash creep, 30% off and free shipping. And your butt will thank you. Well, I'm ready to hear justice being served. Well, like I said, Claire's family was not letting bygones be bygones. August 15th, 1911, first degree murder charges were brought against Linda for Claire's death. But she had strained tomato soup. And of course, Linda's like, this is an attack on me because I'm a woman in a like a position of power, basically, because she's a fake doctor. Long story short, though, the jury was like, you're guilty of manslaughter. Good. She was sentenced to two to 20 years of hard labor in Walla Walla, which, you know, I never tell you what prison it is, but I just love Walla Walla. <laughs> Walla Walla, Washington is so fucking fun to it say. It is. And her fake, I mean, she, te- she really did have a medical license, but like she ain't a real doctor. Yeah. They took that away from her which it doesn't matter even if you strip someone of that like 
their title, when they're doing that kind of stuff, they're going to still be the snake oil salesman Mm -hmm. on the street. And that's basically what everybody called her, too. She spent a year and a half in prison, and then she was released. And you should note that there was a time, I can't remember exactly where it fell on the timeline, but she received a full pardon. What? Uh Uh-huh. And there's some back and forth to New Zealand, and New Zealand was like, fuck you say, you're not doing that shit here. Bye. Then she came back, started doing it again. Oh, she went to New Zealand. Yeah. Okay, I thought you meant back and forth, like New Zealand and America. Like, I was like, wait, what? No, she went to New Zealand, tried to do the same shit. New Zealand was like... Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, okay. She tried to do it again. She ended up getting in trouble for practicing without a license. Uh, A farmer died, and she was only fined $100. Oh, my gosh. Tell me why she didn't go back to prison for doing the same fucking shit. Without a license this time. Exactly. Karma came back because when Linda was 70 years old, she tried to cure herself with fasting and died. Well, she was 70. But she died by her own method, by her own practice. Wow. I mean, of course, you don't want anybody to die. But the fact that she died with her own methods. Yeah. She must not have followed it to a T. Based on what she went through as a kid with the medicine and trying to be more holistic and finding that one book, you know, I think that she did impart at least believe in the methods because she tried it on herself. I mean, she had to have believed something to have done it to herself. So I think a part of her was in it to help people. And the other parts and Samuel were in it to get their money. Mm -hmm. And she knew at least something was wrong because she's the one that would do the autopsies. She knew what was up. Uh huh. There were no like checks and balances with that. No. Well, and you know, even with the first time when she got in trouble, it was like, Well, you don't actually have a license to practice medicine, and they were here voluntarily, so guess we can't do anything to you. Right. And it's like, now it would be, they would be in trouble for that. Yeah. You're practicing without a license, and someone died. Wow. Because ultimately, you could say everybody was there willingly. Mm -hmm. You know, if a patient died because of something that a doctor did, I mean... They were there willingly. They signed up for that surgery or procedure or whatever. They Mm -hmm. signed up for that treatment with that drug or whatever. But, I mean, if they ultimately died because of it, because of your regimen, you could could still be liable. I'm not saying that you always should. First, duh. I mean. Yeah. I feel so sorry for Dora. She lost her sister. Her best friend, too. Yeah, almost lost herself. And they say, like, Claire was more in it. Dora was just kind of, like, there because Claire was there. And they were literally best. They were each other's entire world. It probably didn't even, like, hit Dora until she got better. Mm -hmm. And then she was, like, in her right mind and everything and then could grieve. Now, people who are way smarter than me when I say this, tell me what you think. Have you ever heard, too, like, when someone's starved like that, you can't just give them all the food when they want to, like, eat a lot. Like, you could actually really hurt them. And you yeah. have to, like, give them little bits of, like... Yeah. And so it's almost, like, just as much torture to get them back nourished because mm-hmm. you could overload them, basically. Right. yeah. What an awful, awful way to go, too. And it's, like, it's just enough to keep them alive, but also enough to let them die yeah you know you're giving them enough water to where they're not going to die within like what is it like 14 days or something you would die without water it's just enough to literally torture them to death 
Yeah. I know this is terrible to say, but I hope she felt every ounce of agony that all of her patients felt while they were starving to death. I hope she felt Mm -hmm. the same way. Yeah. It just breaks my heart because I know when something's wrong with you and someone says, hey, I can cure that. Mm -hmm. It's like, holy shit. Okay. Yeah. My stomach doesn't have to hurt anymore or I can stop with these pains in my joints or or, or whatever the illness that fake Dr. Linda pretended to be able to cure. Yeah. They're like, wow, I cannot have to live like this anymore. Sign me up. Right. Because when you don't feel good, you're like trapped in your body. Mm -hmm. So if someone's offering you a way out, I'm sure it sounded sound, Mm -hmm. you know, and oh gosh. And she, you know, quote unquote, was a doctor and you trust doctors. Right. Well, I have a woman to talk about too. This woman was on Unsolved Mysteries, and I want to get your take on her story, okay? Her name's Katie, and we're not given her last name, but she's known to a lot of people as the Gold Leaf Lady. So let's get into her story. Katie was born in Tennessee. Her family was poor. You know, they lived in the mountains. I think she was like the 10th of 11 children. And when Katie was in second grade, she ended up leaving school. It was due to a family emergency. Her mother was sick and ended up losing all of her motor and sensory function. Oh my God. So Katie left school so she could take care of her mom and tend to the house. She never went back to school and she took care of the family full time. Katie knows how to write her name and she knows some basic math, but she is considered to be functionally illiterate. Katie took up working as a housekeeper for money as well. Her life was hard, but she enjoyed it. But fast forward in 1974, Katie was 25, and she was living with her husband, Tom, in Florida. And things started to happen that she could not explain. One night, she was in the kitchen cleaning up, you know, doing dishes, and that's when she saw this man walk in her front door through her living room, like behind her to the bedrooms the fuck? Right. And she didn't recognize him. So she was like, maybe it's the landlord. But like, why would he just like come in without announcing himself and not like say anything to me? Like what's going on? So she went and looked for him, but she couldn't find anyone. The windows were locked. The doors were locked. So it was like a person could not have easily escaped before she got to the bedroom. And that shook Katie, but she just honestly blamed herself. She was like, I am so stressed out. I'm losing my mind. It's all on me. But a few days later, her hubby Tom brought home an old photo album of his family and was showing her some old pictures. Kind of how you do every time you go to Colby's house, like his parents' house. Mm -hmm. Anyway, he's flipping through the pages, showing Katie different relatives And she recognized an older man in the picture. She was like, that is the man I saw. I swear that's him. Who is that? And her husband's like, there's no way that could have been him. Because that man is my dad. And he had passed away five years before we even met. Wait, it's her husband and she had never seen a picture of his dad? Okay, so I don't think her husband really brought him up. I don't know if there was like a lot of trauma behind that and whatever. And I don't know how she had never seen a picture of him before, but I don't know how far along in their marriage they were at that point. I mean, did they date a second? I mean, I know. I know. That's weird. I feel like it's weird too, but maybe he looked completely different in some of the pictures she had seen previously. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure. Okay, just know I'm side-eyeing this story. Oh, already, I know. 
So then a retired police officer turned director of security for Johns Island in Florida. His name was Jerry Burr. He teamed up with Katie. And I don't know how he found Katie or what, but they ended up working on some cases together. What? One such case was a burglary one. Jerry hadn't told Katie anything about it, but she was able to navigate him to the house that had been burglarized. And she said that she saw a lot of art inside and it looked to be Asian inspired. And the item that was stolen was from a blue room in a box. Wait, so all of a sudden she's just got like all this ability? Yes. Okay. Yes, we'll get into it. Well, she was correct on this. The item was taken from a cherry wood box in a blue bedroom. And Jerry actually admitted he was like, okay, Katie might be our lead suspect here because she was right on the head with everything. Like, how does she know this? But how did he find her? I don't know about that. I know. So many questions. I know. So she even gave an accurate description of the family who was robbed And she said there were three suspects who were friends of the family who had plotted this heist out. So it was just like, what angle is she playing here? If, like, I I don't know. But it turned out she was correct. Okay, well, no angle if he found her. Still don't know how. But if he found her, then no angle. He found her. Right. I don't understand. Well, before Jerry could wrap his brain around anything, just about 15 minutes later, they had left the house and were back in the car when Katie had another incident. This time she was like, I smell pot. And Jerry sniffed the air but didn't smell anything. So they kept driving a little bit and Katie was like, oh my God, it is so strong right now. Like my head hurts. Please stop the car. So she was me at my last hotel stay. Exactly, exactly. And he's like, I don't smell it. Where are you smelling it from? And she's like, it's coming from the water. Because, you know, they're in Florida and stuff. So Jerry got out and there was like a nearby dock. And she was like, oh, my God, it's like over here. And he was kind of joking, but kind of serious. And he was like, there's nothing here. But like, can you see in the future and when we're going to see this pot? And Katie answered him like in a matter of fact tone and was like two weeks. So Jerry was like, all right, I'm going to put that in the back of my head because this is fucking weird. Two weeks on the nose, there were 25 bales of marijuana that had washed up on the beach about 100 feet from where Katie had smelled it, you know, two weeks earlier. Damn. Now to note, this is not the only time drugs have washed up on a Florida beach. But Jerry said it was almost to the exact hour that she had said they were going to show up. Okay, meanwhile, all she said was two weeks. She didn't say. But when she told him, it was like 115. Okay. And so he's like, holy shit. This is when she was smelling it. This is the whole incident. So Jerry said that he had been skeptical all his life up until that point because Katie was so spot on. Well, this wasn't the only time that Katie seemed to predict the future. Also, Katie would sometimes be able to write in foreign languages like medieval French. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) I just don't understand where the fuck all this came from. I feel like I missed... A, a whole section of your story. Right. Well, and again, remember, she's functionally illiterate, which sounds so mean. So she didn't have any training in foreign languages. And she couldn't understand a foreign language. She could only write it like when she was in like a trance. Okay, you're going to laugh at this. Katie's son was like, I have witnessed my mom do wild things. If she has any kind of metal in her hand, like a spoon, a nail, a knife, a fork, she can rub her two fingers together 
and you can just watch it droop. Like it'll bend. I'm like, that is a magic trick. Like back in the day, remember, they'd be like, I can bend a spoon or whatever. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, okay, but whatever. But Katie said she kept hearing people, seeing people who weren't visible to anyone. But all of this would seem normal in comparison to what started happening in 1986. (laughs) I can't wait to tell you this and show you the pictures. But okay, Katie started secreting gold foil from her pores. (laughs) That's not a thing. (laughs) It's not a thing. That's not a thing. She was being studied by a psychiatrist and he witnessed this happening. Did he? Bet he didn't. He said the gold foil or gold leaf, remember she's called the gold leaf lady, Mm -hmm. would appear on her face, her arms, her thighs, her stomach, her back, coming out of like her ear. Something's coming out of her. (laughs) And there were way more eyewitnesses that said that, yes, they've seen her produce this gold foil. Mm-hmm. One woman said that she was even holding Katie's hand while this was happening. And there's no way that Katie could have done that on her own because she had her hand mm-hmm. and she saw this appear. When that was happening, it first started on Katie's tongue and then it covered her forearms. And again, the entire time, the lady was holding Katie's hand. And then later on, gold leafing would appear on objects near Katie. For example, there is a photograph of her mom and gold foil began to appear around the edge of that photo frame. And everyone said this just happened spontaneously. Like she could be eating and it would start. So they did collect some of the foil and they ran various tests on it. And the results found it to be 80% copper and 20% zinc. Well, fast forward a few years to 1990 and Katie had been doing something else on top of the gold foil, okay? Having sex? No, she started having objects come out of her body, like a gold chain from her ear, a diamond from her eye. So this is called a porting. No, 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 no. This is called bullshit. <laughs> it's big in the parapsychology world, and it's often found with poltergeist geist activity. Poltergeist geist? Oh my God, is that what I said? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yes, but I can't say anything British Columbia. (laughs) (laughs) Poltergeist-like activity. I'm still going to call it bullshit, if that's okay with you. (laughs) So what it is, is it's an unexplained occurrence when an object just appears out of nowhere, kind of like manifesting an object. And we've talked about it before with our favorite Jeff, the talking mongoose. Because mm-hmm. it would seem like bricks and potatoes would just like a port out of thin air. Well, in Katie's experience, it really wasn't out of thin air. She would get an awful pain somewhere and kind of start to pick at it. And that's when the object would fall out. And this was actually called on tape twice by her psychiatrist. Once when a charm apported from her ear and again, a diamond from her eye. Look, if this bitch can get diamonds from her eyes, (laughs) why is she not a gazillion and a half air? And why have I not heard from her before? So the psychiatrist went on to say that one time it looked like Katie was going to vomit. But after a few seconds, she coughed up a gym. Meanwhile, it was just hiding in her throat. 
Well, he said that him and his staff checked Katie's mouth, her throat, all over her body before the session began. They forced her to drink some water and swallow, so there's not like anything could have been left in her mouth. False. Inmates hide shit in their mouths all the time. (laughs) So he's a full-on believer of Katie's powers. And then there's this professor guy, Stephen Browdy, who investigated Katie for five years. He said that he has witnessed her skin glisten and like little water droplets appear on her skin. And then the foil appears. Like it appeared on Katie's face in front of him while they were doing an interview. Her hands were on the table. Well, David Blaine also made an elephant disappear. So, I mean... (laughs) He made, like, all of Las Vegas disappear one time on a TV special. Like, the fuck? So. Literally, Wanda over there can fucking do it to a psychiatrist. So, he believes that Katie does have psychokinetic powers, which, again, would cause poltergeist-like activity to happen, you know, where things would apport from her body. He also said there was a time that this cutlery set apported out of thin air in the home. And Tom, her husband, was like, what the fuck? Why can't you apport something useful like money? Just kind of like, you're no good to me kind of thing. And from that argument, Katie was stressed out. And when she got stressed, that is exactly when she started having the foil appear on her skin. Could you imagine having a tail like that? Like, you're stressed and your skin just starts literally turning to foil. And you're like, on a date or like yes. you're like in this situation where you're trying to hide that you're not stressed and yes. then it's like all of a sudden you're like glistening in the air and you're like <laughs> what well, I'm not stressed at all there's an episode of Grey's Anatomy and this girl gets like super red and I think it's when Derek is there and stuff but like she thinks he's cute she thinks one of the doctors is really cute and every time they come in she like just is beat red and mm-hmm. stuff and she can't control it and I'm like oh my god girl I can only imagine But this takes it up to a whole nother level. I mean, she didn't have gold leafing on her before. I mean, this girl doesn't either, but I get your point. (laughs) So Stephen said that he believes Katie's marriage might have been a little rocky when this all started. And that's why she was so stressed out. That's what could have caused the poltergeist-like activity. Because yes, it's mostly in younger girls but she also didn't have a childhood at you know Mm -hmm. in the second grade she had to be the mom of that whole family and stuff she's kind of still childlike in that aspect that's what he's saying this is a new word i learned on tiktok it's called parentification and it's like that like she had to become the parent picture like 19 kids and counting where the older kids have to take care of the younger kids or like for people who have parents with like substance abuse or whatever and you have to take care of your younger sibling and find food and all of that but anything anytime a parent looks to their child for like emotional support physical support you know Mm -hmm. for like helping raise other siblings that kind of thing and making them basically live like an adult instead of the child that they are yeah yeah Now, obviously, there's a lot of skeptics. (laughs) Carrie just cut her eyes at me. (sighs) And one of them is a man. He's a professor from the University of New York at Buffalo. His name is Paul Kurtz. Now, Paul, I can get behind. (laughs) You want to peg him? I mean, no. (laughs) He said that Katie is nothing more than a magician. I mean, sounds like something I said, but okay. (laughs) 
So Paul was brought in because of unsolved mysteries. You know, they had to get a skeptic in there to do whatever. So he really didn't know Katie's story. He's literally just hearing it like how I'm telling you right now. Mm-hmm. He never actually met her or anything. But he got two of his students. I saw two things. Once was a student and once was a colleague. So I'm not sure what they were, but they were with him at the school. And they recreated the gold foil. So they showed that if they sprayed hairspray on their skin and then stuck the gold leaf from a craft store on it, it kind of looked the same as what Katie's did. However, that doesn't account for some of the eyewitnesses that remarked that Katie's skin would be normal, then glisten, and then the foil would seep out of the pores and onto her skin in front of their eyes. Also, that guy, the professor, Stephen Browdy, he had that tested and there was no trace of hairspray or anything on hers. So he's like, it doesn't even equate to this because there would have been traces of that in her test. So then for the diamond coming out of Katie's eye, they contacted a magician about this. And he was like, Katie is just palming the jewel in between her fingers And how she can have it, she can still be expressive with her hands, but like two of her fingers are going to kind of still be together because it's just a little diamond. You know, it's not like a bowling ball. So she'd be palming it. And then when she would rub her eye, that's when it would fall out. It was just never like, and uh, oop out and like fall right in front of you. Like she'd be like messing with it and it would fall out. But the thing is, Katie never looked for compensation from her abilities or anything like that. She helped Jerry on his cases as a volunteer. She said that she just wanted to understand what was happening to her. She doesn't see herself as anything special. She's just an ordinary housewife who happens to have some unexplainable gifts. And the fact that Katie hasn't looked for profit leads a lot of people to believe she's the real deal. And they're astounded by her story. And no one's ever been able to absolutely debunk her story. But even though Katie wasn't looking for monetary gain, do you think that she could have been faking this for the attention, like people who have factitious disorder? Absolutely. Because that's what I was about to say. It's not always about the money. It's about the attention and her feeling wanted and loved, which she may not have as a kid. Oh my God, absolutely. It's about way more than just the money. And some said that she could be self-harming by forcing objects, you know, in her body to get the attention. So like she would like force something in and then later it's going to hurt because it's like right there and she's like having to pick it out. Oh, but yeah, no one has ever been able to fully debunk Katie's story. But no one's been able to prove that like the gold foil came out of her body. Like it it wasn't anything that had like cellular level of shit on there. You know what I yes. mean? It's just like could be from a craft store. And because it probably is. <laughs> on the things I've seen on Unsolved Mysteries, you always saw the foil already on her. Mm-hmm. And of course, one time it's on her like the small of her back. And I was like, oh, King Midas, he came on her. Why do I think that? Why? It's why we love you. But (laughs) I mean, but really, though, why do you think like that? I don't know. (laughs) Because I guess because at first I was like, ooh, tramp stamp. And then that happened. Okay. So since you showed me a picture of your lady, well, not the evil lady, but the one Dora, I'm going to show you a picture of Katie. Okay. Before you show me this picture, 
we have to talk about HelloFresh because they are back and we are saying hello to freshness. That was lame, but you know I love HelloFresh. And I love it so much, I used HelloFresh long before they became sponsors of this podcast. I love that it gets shipped to my house. I love that you get to pick for how many people that you need it for, whether it's just you or your whole crew. You can get family friendly. You can get different dietary options like vegetarian, quick and easy, all kinds of different options. Quick and easy is what I do because I don't want something that's going to take a lot of time because I won't do it. No, but the other thing I love though is that there's so many different options that you literally pick what meals you want because there's so many things that I would never try to make. But because it comes with like prepackaged ingredients, things that were are like pre-measured out for you, all of that, it's like, oh, here's this sauce that you would have to take 17 steps yes. to make. But I got it in a little jar for you. And a cute little jar. I love their little minis. Me too. I always makes me feel so fancy at hotels and stuff when they have like the individual yes. jars of stuff. Also, a big thing for me is I want to eat healthier, but then I end up spending, you know, $40 on vegetables that will go bad. But with HelloFresh, they send me just what I need to make those meals. And so I'm not wasting that money. I'm actually eating that money. Well, I mean, you're not your gold girl, so you're not actually eating it. (laughs) True. And again, like Carrie said, it gets shipped to your door. I don't have to go stand in line, see people from high school at a supermarket. Please, thank you. Sign me up. HelloFresh has 40 weekly recipes to choose from. So you can say uh, bye-bye to that recipe rut that I'm constantly in. We always are like, what do you want to eat this week? What do you want to eat this week? What do you want to eat this week? And then we end up going out to eat because we can't decide what we want. And then it's also like, I'm tired of eating spaghetti every freaking week. But with HelloFresh, you have all of these different options to get out of that rut. And if you're like me, you're never going to meal prep, okay? But HelloFresh can help you meal prep because you're like, I want this, this, and this this week. Yeah, and I don't want to meal prep like that, like you're talking about, because I don't want to eat leftovers all week. Exactly. But with this, it's like pre-portioned ingredients, easy to follow recipes, all of that so that you get this home-cooked dinner in no time. And it's so good. Some of the meals can even be made in less than 15 minutes. You're going to get high quality ingredients from HelloFresh. In fact, the ingredients go from farm to your table in less than seven days. So uh, that's freaking fresh. So what you're going to do is go to HelloFresh.com slash creep65 and use promo code creep65 to get 65% off plus free shipping. Again, that's HelloFresh.com slash creep65. Use code creep65 for 65% off plus free shipping. We need you to get it. We need you to tell us what you're making. Send us pictures. You know I'm nosy. It's literally America's number one meal kit. So go to HelloFresh.com slash Creep65 and use promo code Creep65 for 65% off plus free shipping. I don't know about you, but that's a really good discount. All right. We got to go back to this girl and her fake uh, glitter spray tan. Show me this picture. <laughs> fucking fake she just pasted some fucking that did not come out her body that's a sheet (laughs) of fucking edible gold on her face like that's literally what it looks like is edible gold no that is not 
No. <laughs> okay, that's even worse than I thought. Like, I was picturing, like, you need to be flakes. Like, oh, no. she's shimmering. No, this is, like, sheets. Like, yeah, sheets. Yeah, it's gold leafing, it looks like. It looks like literal sheets of edible gold. Oh, my God. Y'all open your phone up, well, unless you're driving, and look this picture up. <laughs> what the fuck? No, that ain't real. <laughs> No wonder she and her husband had arguments. She's lying. I can't be around a liar. And I understand that there obviously are aspects of like mental health issues that are going into this because like you said, she was not getting any money. There's mm-hmm. there's some serious shit going on here. So like while I can appreciate that, I couldn't be married to that. Yeah. I wonder why he stopped investigating her, or, you know, like keeping up with her after those five years. I don't know if she just kind of got tired of putting on her makeup. Yeah, her show. I mean. But I do know that he tried to reach out to her son on Facebook and no one got back to him just to see like how they were doing and stuff. But when I saw this, I was like, I have got to have Carrie's reaction to this story. And if y'all have heard this story, let me know because it cracked me up. This literally may be the dumbest shit you've covered. (laughs) And I mean that out of love. Like, I literally cannot think of another story where I believed less. Right? When it shares something with Jeff the Talking Mongoose. Yeah, he was pretty bad. And the men in black and the suits, I didn't believe that. But, like, I'm sure there's been more. Those are the only things I can think of. (laughs) But, like, this is bad. Again, I was just, like, thinking it was seeping out of her pores. So, it would be, like, yeah, I guess, like, Twilight Vampire glitter. Yes. Like, just flex or whatever. But, no, no, this is, like, sheets. Yeah, like, actual, like, sheets. It literally looks like the edible foil. Yeah. Or, like, the edible gold. It's gold leafing, yeah. Yeah, okay, whatever that means. I don't know, fucking Emerald Lagasse over here. (laughs) No. (laughs) This is in the 70s. Like, the picture of her, like, she's young. Like, what happened to her? She just, like, fell off the face of the earth? I mean, like, I don't, you know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I hope she got help. Yes, for sure. Because I really do feel like this is coming from a place of a, a mental illness where she's attention seeking and all of that, for sure. Yeah. I mean, great job on the story, but shit story. <laughs> <laughs> because it's not real. We needed a good palate cleanser from yeah. some of the ones we've had lately because that one is a doozy. Yeah. It's funny, though, that we both did like con people. True. What does that say about us? I don't know. No, I actually did like this story. This was a um, like a fun little. Yeah. I mean, it's. I guess that sounds terrible because it's really not fun if it's like her mental illness. But you get right. the point. Well, it's not like you know the ghost stories where it's like so and so died here. This mm-hmm. happened. It was tragic. It was all this. I just feel like we went from like we missed this whole piece of the story. It was like, how did this guy contact her? Like, yeah. How did he find her? Like, I just feel like there's just so much missing in this story. Yeah. I'm not sure on that either, but what that professor Browdy had said, like he really thinks why it triggered then, like when she was like 25, she started seeing and hearing things and having all of this. It was because of her marriage Mm -hmm. and Like, I don't know, like, if her kid was young then, and maybe it was stress from that, too. Something in her life triggered her to have this. It's what came first, the chicken or the egg. Yeah. I don't know, but that gold leafing, though. But honestly, I don't understand how she did it. If people are being honest in their eyewitness testimony, 
because in Unsolved Mysteries, you could see it in her ear and like it was like down her, it was like a fake beard down mm-hmm. her chin you know but it was like in her ear well and and maybe they were being honest of what they felt like they saw because if you've ever done anything with gold leafing you know it's hard as fuck to handle you rub it where you want it and you you know do all the things but like it's got a mind of its own Mm -hmm. like you don't make mistakes with this one because you have to be precise that's why I don't work with it because uh in all your crafting that you do I used to Uh ma'am okay I did. How do you think I know gold leafing? But I'm just saying, you, that's why you don't work with it anymore. On what, ma'am? Phasmophobia? <laughs> and you have lasted way longer on that game than I ever thought you would. I know. You were wrong about that like you are many things. This bitch. But not on this story. I wholeheartedly believe that was not coming out of her pores. Look, we don't agree on many things. So when we do agree on a story, it's got to be pretty darn bad. Yeah. Again, I feel sorry for her and her family, but what? <laughs> well, and again, there there is the mental health aspect to it that you it, it it is heartbreaking and is sad. But on the flip side, though, like she's duping people, yeah. you know. So it's like no matter the cause of it, it's not right. Yeah. Well, y'all got to look at that picture that Donna just showed me because y'all got to see this gold leafing for yourself. I Again, I was picturing like glistening, glittery skin, not like sheets of gold leafing. <laughs> yes. Y'all look at those pictures. Tell us what you think. Thank y'all so much for listening and supporting not only us, but the sponsors that we shout out on the episodes. Don't forget to like, subscribe, review, and all the things. And remember, creep it real and, and don't, don't get scared. scared.